Hey everyone, it's Jonah Higuchi, and you're listening to another episode of The Scout, a podcast in which we take a deeper look at the programs and organizations of the Boy Scouts of America, including Venturing, Order of the Arrow, Sea Scouts, and Scouts BSA. Joining me for this week's episode is Antonio Mitchell, the 2019 Western Region Chief of the Order of the Arrow. Antonio hails from Bothell, Washington, and is a member of Sykes-Moxlamonte Lodge, where he completed his Eagle Scout, Vigil Honor, and also received his Founders Award. He currently attends the University of Washington, majoring in Molecular and Cellular Developmental Biology, with the goal of becoming a pediatric oncologist at, its, at Seattle Children's Hospital. On top of that, Antonio has been to a number of national events, including the National Order of the Arrow conferences in both 2015 and 2018, the 2016 Next Conference, and a number of national planning meetings, most notably the 2019 National Planning Meeting, where he was elected the Western Region Chief. He has also staffed a number of the best leadership training programs that both the BSA and the Order of the Arrow have to offer, including NYLT and NLS. On top of that, he also had the opportunity to serve as staff for NOAC 2018 as the Engagement Youth Committee lead. Throughout this episode, Antonio talks about his experiences within the scouting program and how it essentially saved his life. And among other things, we talk about our hobbies and most notably our goals not only in scouting, but in life. Okay, Antonio, so let's go ahead and get into your first question. Uh, when uh, did you first join scouting, and uh, was there a particular reason why you joined the scouting program? Okay, so why did I get into scouting? Um, so I think it all started back in, when I was in second grade. No, was second, yeah, it was second grade. Back in second grade, um, there was a kind of like one of those local um, pack recruitment tables. Like on the table, they had like this banner, and it was like, Oh, like it was like these kids in these uniforms, like these like the tacky blue and the like the 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 the, the, the olive pants and everything like that. You know, like it was like super cool and like I was like really interested in it. And, you know, it was kind of like the launching point for my scouting career was like eating an orange creamsicle at my annual school kind of like summer back get back to school event. And I was like, oh, scouting, this sounds super cool. But I never like. Like, I didn't buy into it in Cub Scouts because Cub Scouts, I was like, man, like, it's kind of boring. Like, like, we're doing, like, these arts and crafts projects and these derby cars they make, but I always lose. No matter what, either the car was overweight, it was underweight, or it just looked terrible. And I always lost. So it was, that was frustrating. And my buddy always wanted to. And I was like, man, this man rigging. <laughs> um, and so I really, like, I really got into it when I joined my second group, my first group, um, like actually kind of down the road where I moved to, um, like that was like where I found out like, okay, scouting is like me because this is all these different campouts. I went to go like canoeing in Eastern Washington. It was super cool. Um, but like I knew I was in scouting. Like I was like really in when I went to my best friend Chase's troop actually. Um, troop 18, which I was registered for a while until uh, this last year, um, just some stuff came up, but whatever. And so, like, I went camping with him and then a bunch of my friends, like Eric, Jack Manis, Zach the Mars, uh, John Paul Gaston, like all these like really good friends of mine. I made during that, and I was around like 13, 14, 14, 15. 
was coming toward, it was kind of going into high school. And I just remember doing all these campouts. Like, it's funny now because I'm like, I'm almost about to turn 21, right? But like, we still talk about the campouts we did when I was like 13, 14 years old. Like, we're talking about Philmont still. I did Philmont back in 2015. And like me and my buddy Chase can still go back and forth about like each day of the trek, each like aspect of it, you know, what our packs looked like, what our shoes looked like, because all we did was look at each other's feet for like six hours a day. It was great. And like, you know, that I was like, that's when I was hooked on the like the scouts BSA part of the program is when I made all my like friends. And that's what I've always stood by is like, you make friends in the organization. That's what makes it so exciting is to, you know, go camping and like make these terrible meals that are just like hot dogs and eggs but you burn the eggs somehow or you trash the french toast man i was on nlt staff for like like six summers or something oh the amount of times a kid one time i saw the kid was making french toast right it looked like he put a fried egg on top of the toast i was like Dog, how are you expecting me to eat this? There's, there's like egg and bread. It's not even French toast. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I was like, you're, you're playing, bro. You're playing. I, not enough syrup to cover up that meal, dude. It was not good. Yeah, it was, it was basically just making the memories um, with all my friends in the program. Just the excitement we had um, at Philmont, going to Seabase. Um, but if I like, I guess like pinning it down would be like the first summer camp I went to, I went to this camp called Camp Easton. It was like, actually kind of like my first memorable camp where I went with this troop. It was actually my first outing with uh, troop 18. And so like, I really didn't know anyone, but like, I wanted to like be active in leadership. I was like trying to go for like star and everything. And sure, like that summer camp, like holds like memories to me. Cause I remember just being absolutely terrified of the thunder and lightning that occurred that night. I was like, bro, I'm going to die. <laughs> like, it was like this big thunderstorm that happened. I was like, oh my goodness. And I was like, ah. But then, like, me and Chase were just there. We joked around. It was a good time. It was a, it was a good camp out. It was a good summer camp, good experience. That's kind of like, I guess, where I pinpoint down, like, I knew I was going to do scouting longer than be like 18 years old. Hmm. Yeah, I, I have to say, I, do kind of have a similar story to that. Um, I started in Cub Scouts, but like you said, it's boring, right? Dury cars, uh, working for Arrow of Light, really didn't work out for me. I really wanted to go on campouts. And did you start as a tiger? Or did you start as a wolf? I started as a bear. I didn't even start at tiger. Oh, okay, okay. I started at wolf actually, so that's crazy. Yeah. So um, I, I, I'd always seen like the Girl Scouts. I'm like, oh, I want to be a Boy Scout, right? And uh, it 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 never really hit me. It was kind of like those um, empty empty dreams, so to speak. Those like ones that you you really don't focus on until someone actually approaches you about it. Um, and one of my friends he approached me, and he's like, "Hey, do you want to be in Cub Scouts?" I'm like, "But I want to be a Boy Scout, dude." And he said, it, "It's it's like Boy Scouts. It's just before you get into Boy Scouts." I'm like, "Sweet, I'm in." And I was super optimistic. The moment I got there, I, uh, I, I, I was really bored. <laughs> I have a, like that's also like for me. I remember my first meeting. We were making like celery sticks with like peanut butter and like raisins. I have no reason why. Like I was in daycare before this. 
Like, I've done that in daycare. Like, why are we doing this at a Cub Scout event? Like, how is this scouting related, you know? <laughs> uh, um, and then I finally bridged over, got my arrow of light, went to my first stum- uh, summer camp. And I've got to say, I think I was like that typical, uh, that like stereotypical first year camper, right? I would always ask uh, a bunch of questions. I was extremely immature about everything. And I would just yap. I, I would yap about everything. And I think a lot of my counselors got annoyed with me. <laughs> no way. Yeah. So, uh, Greta, Adam, Patrick, if you're all if you're all listening to this, I'm sorry that I annoyed you. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Uh, did you, were you the kid that like like you do as many merit as possible during summer camp? Because like I would try to pack my schedule with merit badges. Like I would go from morning to lunch, and then they would have like free time. And then during free time, I do more merit badges. Like in between trying to just like get like six or seven merit badges right after summer camp was over. So um, I, I did that, right? But during my free time, I was supposed to be, um, I, I think I was supposed to be doing like wood carving and basketry and stuff like that. But I really just wanted to kayak during uh, free period. <laughs> So I, I just totally said, you know what, let's, I'm going to set aside these classes and then we're just going to go ahead and kayak for the entire week. It was the greatest thing in the world. I got a lot of sunburn, but, you know, it was really worth it. Did you, I guess you always heard like how wood carving was finger carving, right? <laughs> that stuff was always funny to me was how people would just make fun of that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, after that, I, um, and... I, I, w- I wasn't even scout at my first summer camp. I, it took maybe about a good month after summer camp to get scout because I would always forget my handbook. And I just had my scoutmaster conference, and they're like, dude, you need to bring your book, you know. Or, uh, uh, or you know, you're never going to be advancing if you're going to con- continue forgetting your book. I'm like, oh, uh, okay, okay, I'll bring my book. Uh, so I brought my book, finally. We did the scoutmaster conference. Waited another month, did Tenderfoot. I sat on Tenderfoot for about a year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I just got really unmotivated at that time because, you know, a lot was going on with school and stuff like that. And I, and I, I was involved in way too many things, uh, which is uh, something that isn't good, you know. You need to be able to balance out your schedule when you're involved in too many things. That doesn't necessarily happen. So... After about um after a good uh after that kind of sitting on tenderfoot period I I got my second class first class I've been flying since then got my life I've sat on life for hmm, about a year now. All right, yeah, That's like pretty close to what I did. I think I was on life for oh I think I was on life for maybe like a year and a half because I had all these like family issues going on. Mm-hmm. And and I and I couldn't find a project too like I couldn't like settle on like. This is my Eagle Scout project because I was like trying to do like one of those like more bigger outlandish ones, you know, like, oh, you know, I can do like this super cool one. It's like, for my community. And then I was like, oh, man, I really don't want to get involved with like my city government because like I don't want my project to take like two years before we even break soil, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up settling for like building a 16, well, not settling. Like it took a lot of time and a lot of effort, but I built a 16 foot long bridge for my, uh, one of my local elementary schools, like outdoor classroom and like developed this trail. Looks still good to this day. So it's like one of those like kind of crowning achievements was like finishing off that. But I remember like in terms of like the rank advancement, I 
burned through scout in first class like i was like i think i got them in like three or six months like not to like it was like i was like all about it i was like man i'm like i want to do this want to do this and like the only thing holding, my, holding me back from like just keep going from like starting life was like high school like i just got busy with band i got busy with like honors classes um you know that's when like the girlfriends start coming into the equation you know the perfumes and car car exhaust or whatever yeah. scout masters i almost said boomer there <laughs> whatever whatever they say you know it's kind of like the phrase when guys start dipping out and like and I, and I noticed that too like people in my patrol would like stop coming to you know events because they would get distracted and like even my best friend chase would like dip out for like three months because he had marching band he couldn't like you know he couldn't go camping he couldn't come to events because practice was on a tuesday every time we had our meetings but he was still active and went on outings and everything you know it was just sometimes kind of like scouting just as a piece of backseat a little when life happens you know yeah yeah um there's nothing wrong with it but you should probably finish your eagle though oh yeah um i'm see here's the thing i have my project tentatively scheduled for october if all of the funk goes down, I may be able to do it. So that's just what are you gonna do? So my project um, is basically building or renovating an entire trap and skeet setup at my local range where I shoot clays. Uh, you shoot clays? I do yeah, it's really. Are you like? Are you like? Man, what's a good like comparison? Like, have you seen those YouTube clips where guys just like? They can like throw two clays and just go bang bang like like nothing. Can you do that? I need practice. I would need practice because I haven't been the ra- been to the range in about three months. But I probably could do it if I tried. What do you have like a like a competition grade like twelve gauge? That's a breakaway. Yes. Yes, prof- professional no, but competition grade yeah, I would. Do you compete? Um, like I said, uh. Not as much at the start of this year, not as much because high school kind of got in my way of everything. I'm an ROTC as well, so that kind of sapped up the majority of my time. Um, I'm, I'm one of the higher ranking freshmen in my battalion, uh-huh. so thus I have a lot more responsibility. Um, and that kind of took away from my life, and then scouting away took, away, uh, took a lot away from my life. You only got 24 hours, and for, like, maybe four of them, you're actually sleeping. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that's definitely me so far. Um, you know, with, with finals coming up and everything, I'm sleeping. I'm averaging maybe four to five hours every night. It's not There good. it is. Yeah, yeah. I remember doing that in high school. <laughs> and I'm only a freshman. I'm like, dude, this is reserved for seniors, man. Like, Not, not even close, dude. So, literally, it started for me, like, winter quarter. No, like winter semester like right in that time boom like i was i was staying up late had to put in work oh yeah 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 um so yeah and then uh there there, and then since corona came along there hasn't been really much to do in my life to be perfectly honest with you except homework study for finals uh do the show and stuff like that so and work on your eagle project and work on my eagle project yes i totally have your merit badges done then? I have almost all of them. But see, here's the thing. I, I, I had the bright idea to get all of the easy ones done first rather than all of the more difficult ones. So you have fingerprinting? No, I don't have fingerprinting. 
fingerprinting is like the easiest fair badge that ever existed. That, that's true. No, no disrespect to any of the fingerprinting counselors that might listen to this. <laughs> that is the easiest fair badge ever done. I think I did it nearly three hours. Oh wow! It was it was a joke. Too easy. Yeah. Um. But. <laughs> Um, and then I got all, all. I also got like all of the easy, um, <clears throat> excuse me, eagle merit badges done first. So you don't have citizenship, citizenship in the community done. That's the one thing that I don't have done. Of all of the citizenships, that is the only one that I do not have done. That was the hardest one for me to do, actually. Like, because it was like find an organization to volunteer with outside of the Boy Scouts. I was like, where is that? <laughs> like, I, this is all I do. Yeah, that's true. Um, hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, that that's one of the biggest things, too. I can't find, better said, my counselors are not replying to my emails. Oof. Yeah, you know, I'm like, exposed. Yeah, I'm saying, hey, hey, uh, Mr. and Mrs. So and so, I'm interested in, um, uh, starting this merit badge. Um, I first need your permission before I go to my unit leader. Um, you know, Whenever you have the chance, email me back with your answer, with your response, or give me a call at you know my number and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I haven't gotten a response since, and you know, it's pretty disappointing. <laughs> you want you want on a snack? What are you snacking on? I'm actually chewing gum right now. <laughs> For the podcast quality, and chew some gum. <laughs> For the sake of the podcast. Don't understand you know i'm gonna chew some gum now also i gotta join in what, what's your what's your go-to gum flavor i'm a my god oh you know what I, you remember the meme where it's like i chew five like you'll chew five gum or whatever um, i got a giant pack of five gum <laughs> that's a good meme spearmint like that's just my go-to oh we almost have this oh i have the blue one i don't know what the blue one's called okay Pep, uh cobalt Whatever, it's the blue packer wondering what gum I'm chewing right now. If someone actually was wondering what type of gum I was chewing, I'd be like, for real, bro? <laughs> <laughs> but whatever, man. Um, so, you know, st- really simple things just are getting in my way of completing my Eagle Scout right now. And, you know, I get it. We're in this uh, whole COVID pandemic type thing. Um. But there really is no excuse for you just to put your ego on a back burner and say, nope, okay, you know, kind of my hiatus time. It's not, you know. It's actually probably the time to get it done um, because you have so much more time at home, right? Just so much time of sitting on your rear and doing nothing, either watching TV or playing video games. Yeah, I think, like, if if I was in this situation, like, trying to work on my ego, I would probably be researching, you know, what community projects do I want to do? Maybe start like cold calling or sending cold emails out to different community leaders and reaching out and then start draft. Like once you like have one, start drafting up like a proposal and like working on that proposal part. Cause that one takes like the longest is having like a nice, good proposal and like having all of that set to go. Jeez. I remember that took me like, I think I still have a photo of when I made like the final like version of it turn in. I think I was like, man, it took me like, I was up to like 2 a.m. one day, just like grinding it out. I was like, oh, it has to be perfect. And it just reminded me of when I was like setting up applications for like my, the university I go to, the University of Washington. Um, like 
trying to make this like miraculous responses to things and like oh man oh, yeah oh it, it's you know it's it's it, it's a, it was a very tedious process for me um you know i don't think i stayed quite uh, stayed up quite that late on my eagle but it took me a good three to six months to get that you know square and submit it um mm-hmm. and stuff like that um all right so enough about me right uh <laughs> <laughs> we'll go ahead and move on to your next question. Um, what are some of your most proud accomplishments in scouting and in the OA? Ooh, my most proud accomplishments. All right. Well, to get like the generic one out, right? Like, uh, well, it's not really generic, but like every every officer will probably say like, you know, Eagle Scout, Visual Honor, Founders Award. Like, you know, those like bigger awards. Those all have meaning. Like, first off. My Eagle Scout took me so long to get because of like the planning process I talked about earlier. You know, I had a family issue where like my grandma who was raising me from like three to sixteen, she was having some like medical complications. She said she had a uh, pulmonary fibrosis, is what she had going on. And so like you know, we were in and out of hospitals, and I was trying to plan out this Eagle project, and I finished it and like had everything ready, worked on it. It took me like three weekends in a row with some like side like afternoon like drilling in things and getting everything ready man that one that one meant a lot because like i got to work on it with uh my friend chase and his uh dad a lot so i really like united us together and kind of like this like his family kind of like adopted me in and so like i i view like his dad mr schneider chuck is kind of like my father figure so i got to really like work with my brother and my dad in a sense building this uh eagle project that was really cool you know the vigil honor holds even more significance to me personally not not just because i'm an oak right like i was the 2019 western region chief like you could say i am like bought into the program um oh but yeah for me right like the thing about the vigil was you know it's so you're selected by your peers you know, like it's like redoing that, like that selection of your ordeal in a sense where like, you know, people are picking you to like go up on against this challenge and like you do stuff, no spoilers, right? I don't want to ruin the experience for anyone. And like, you know, I go through it and it was, you know, I got this name, uh, Tanashevikapawawa Latlasagaholic, which is in Chinook jargon. So it's atrociously long and actually caps out the certificate the national has. So it's like, cut off and it's hung up on my wall right now but it translates to the bear cub of voice of thunder and like you know like that holds significance because you know people i like didn't really know or people who i wasn't like super close with like gave me a name that meant a lot right like a bear cub something that's like small and nice right that has this voice of thunder so it has like this you know impactful voice kind of reminds me i think the reason why they did it was one of my first like memorable moments as a law officer was during an LEC uh, I peti- I proposed a new calendar for my lodge that like had more of like an election we had like an election season that would happen in like from the beginning of the year into midway through the spring then we would have our camperies and then we'd have our ordeals afterwards and then we would have like fellowship and banquet kind of coming in towards the end of the year well the adults were super mad that I proposed it because it cut out one of our ordeal weekends because we really had three, but I say we go down to two, one before summer camp and one after, because that's kind of the window where we're seeing like the most participation, right? 
And if we limit down like that, like the opportunity, we're going to funnel it more and it's more effective program wise to like, you know, build from there. And so like I propose it and then all the lodge leaders get mad at the lodge advisor because they think they put him up for, they put me, put, he put me up there to propose his idea. Right. And I was like, no, 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 this is what I believe in. Right. And I kind of took a stance and like, you know, who I am as a person, I'm like 15 years old, chewing out these adults, telling them like, you like, you know, this is for the youth. Right. And I propose as a youth, why are you like the peanut gallery trying to like oppose this, you know? Like if the youth want to do it and the LEC has had no say in it, it has just been the, the cranky peanut gallery being upset, then like you really don't have any stake in that, right? So like, you know, got all emotional about it. Might have cried about, you know, how awkward that experience was and how frustrated I was. But like, you know, it stood out to me because it was a moment where I really showed my leadership, you know? Like I got to kind of see all those years of NYLT and being on the LEC for like, I think it was like there for like two years at that point, maybe three. Um, like, it, like, you know, it just, it, it, that was impactful. And so when I got the vigil honor, you know, I got to hear this story from one of my friends who was on the committee and, you know, the more important thing was the last, it was the last award my grandma saw me receive before she passed away, um, in like 2016. Um, she was like in a wheelchair and stuff with like auction tanks and like, I just remember getting the award and her being like super proud of me. Right. Cause I like got like a bunch of other lodge awards, but like, you know, to like for that all to be capitalized from that banquet of like having this, you know, like having the vigil honor with this name, with the memory of my grandma there. So now like right above my desk where like where I'm at home during this whole quarantine thing, uh, in that picture frame is a picture of me when I was about like three years old, right. When I moved in with my grandma and it's like us together and like this like handed, you know, like family portrait thing. So like to me, that's like super important. And then like founders award, like, you know, I did a bunch of stuff as a lodge, you know, you know, lodge uh, vice chief of cheerful service, which is basically like, like the vice chief of service projects for the ordeal. And we also started up like service weekends, which was actually written about um, in the national on the national website that was actually really cool like during my term an article came out about you know this thing i started back in like 2016 i'd want to say 16 15 i think the article has it more down pat i should probably look that if i'm gonna bring it up right huh. oh well like you know in like you know it's really cool to see that these service weekends are even happening still like currently with like like, like corona and everything it's, it becomes more difficult right but the, these service weekends have continued like past my time where I was really active in the lodge, you know? And so like, to me, that really meant a lot. And that's where I kind of view with the founders award is a lot of my good friends received it before me, uh, JP and Zach Demars. And we were like this trio from the same chapter, all worked on the LEC together. One was the ceremonies guy. One was the comms guy. And then I was the vice chief of cheerful service. So I was the, I was the guy who just talked to people and had a good time. <laughs> so. Like I did that and like, so they received it before me. I think I went Zach, then JP, then me. And, you know, like I wasn't bitter about like not getting it, you know, those first three years. Cause like my best friends got it right. Like these guys who've put in all this work, you know, but like it was the year after my, uh, it was the banquet after my grandma passed away. And I gave this like keynote to my lodge about, you know, adversity pushing forward this idea of grit that um, my grandma talked 
like taught me, you know, for like 13 years of life. And a lot of the people there like never really got to know like my backstory coming from what some people would consider like a broken family with like my mom being in and out of prison for majority of my life. Uh, my dad leaving when I was two. Um, and then I'd never heard from him until I was about 15 when he passed away from bone marrow cancer. So like I went through a lot of this kind of difficult periods in life where, you know, there's ups and downs, battles with depression and everything. But, you know, my grandma instilled this idea of like, you know, she was going through it too. And she didn't want to, you know, she was ready to like be a grandmother and like have that life. And she gave that up and stayed through and was determined to raise, you know, me and my little sister, you know, and battled through, you know, trying to get a lung transplant and then things just didn't work out, you know? And so I, I gave this like, you know, and like, I just remember like crying afterwards, like just like heavy crying into like my lodge advisor or one of the associate advisors. The, the memory is really blurry because I just remember like really crying, right? And like, then we like break for ice cream and I'm still crying and they're announcing the founders award and they start reading this letter and they were reading like what I'd done so far in scouting. Right. And I was like, Oh shoot. And so I'm trying to like dry my eyes off before I have to like get the founders award. <laughs> it's, and so I got it. And there's a picture on my lodge's Facebook, six mocks Lamonte on Facebook. Give it a follow or give it a like. I forget whatever it is. I think it's a like actually, you know, that's like, there's a picture of me holding that frame and this having this like big smile and it's like a really good picture of me. But like that, that I have like, that's like a really like key moment in terms of like the awards, um, like in terms of like awards, right? Like those like stick mm. out. Um, but you know, like another like yeah. memorable thing uh, was being the Western region chief, right? Like I was the Western region chief for a whole year. I got to travel around, you know, it was a really fulfilling experience because you know, I got to do my dream. I told my grandmother all those years ago when I made this five-year plan after the 2015 NOAC where I'm going to become, well, I said the national chief, but, you know, things changed at that point. So I became the Western region chief instead. And I never looked back on it, you know, like it was difficult for sure. There was a lot of ups and downs with, with any leadership position in the program, right? It's going to be hard, um, you know, yeah. ups, downs. I got to travel a country. I got to give that Kind of same speech about my grandmother to all these like all my NLSs. Um, I think the coolest thing is I have four sashes um, currently like in long term storage, um, but they have all these guys' signatures on it. That's kind of like this contract to being like the smile for the next person, right? And like you know being the light at the end of the day because you know the day my grandmother passed away was like very significant to me, and like the reason why I bring up this concept like being the light mm -hmm. for someone is that my best friend. Chase, you know, talked about it when I joined his troop, Troop 18. He left his previous girlfriend's yeah. uh, graduation party to go to the hospital and be with me on like my toughest day, you know, where I was saying goodbye to my grandma. And like, you know, she was, she was um, like, met, mm -hmm. she's in a medically induced coma in a sense where like we, I couldn't talk to her for the last two weeks she was alive. Um, and so, you know, I, I like said the final words and everything. And I just remember like the last thing I told her was I loved her and like her hand squeezed my hand, you know? And so like, that was like a tough moment. And then like, you know, Chase came there and like, you know, tried to like get me ready for the moment where my grandma was going to leave my life where they, you know, the, the thing had to happen where my grandma had to pass away, you know? And like, it was super hard. Cause I just remember her going down the hall 
turning left and then she was gone right and i just remember like crying and just like just deep crying about it you know like because i just lost both my parents it felt like but chase was there and chase you know like was crying with me but like hugged me you know and was like it's gonna be okay man like you know you know she's off to a better place his dad was there his mom was there my aunt was there and like it took me a long time to get over that you know that huh. that loss and even what's crazier was that it was <laughs> the funeral when i had when we had the funeral right and i had to give my keynote uh chase goes up there and starts cracking yeah. jokes <laughs> He's the second person to speak at the funeral. He's cracking jokes about how like harsh my grandma was to him because he didn't close the door, you know? <laughs> and like, to me, that was like, that's why I always mentioned Chase as being, you know, the light to me because he was, you know, this positive energy when I was, you know, in like my darkest point. And so like, you know, I think meeting Chase honestly was a rewarding thing that I got to share while being region chief, you know? And going to Hawaii, Wyoming, Seattle, Phoenix for those NLSs and going to the different conclaves like Anchorage to, um, I think not really Portland, but along the coast at Camp Merriweather, you know, it was, it was just really cool. And like the ACT conference in area, area four we did, or high performing launch, not ACT, ACT is the current, current mm-hmm. model, you know, and just sharing and talking to these airmen, I think like really left an impact on me and just the different conversations I had. It was surprising how many youth there are in this program that helped me get over things during my term where I felt at my lowest and I wanted to quit, you know, but I'd meet Johnny Arrowman from like Lola Cumguila or Whipple Wiki or like any of these other programs. And they just like have this enthusiasm about it that made me want to keep going that want me to keep you know sharing my story even if i was like struggling with school or struggling with like my mental health of being in a position that like you know they were the kind of the the coolest part you know and like their face when you give them your patch and stuff gotta say it's kind of one of those like heartwarming moments for the kids like what is this (laughs) like i know what a lodge flap is but why does this one have your name on it and not my lodge totem you know like like to me, like it, it was really cool to like hand out those 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 patches and have those moments with Arrowman, you know, and like that was really fulfilling. And so, like, kind of went all over the place with that question. I don't even remember what the actual question was, but like, you know, I got fulfillment from it. I got a like, there's there's like the the highlight reel of like what I you know considered to be great in the OA and in the scouting program. And to add on, I did. I hiked Philmont. It was like 87 miles. That was another another accomplishment I got to do was hiking Philmont on my 15th birthday. Wow. Wow. Man, I'm past 15 and I still haven't hiked Philmont. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it, dude. It's, it's pretty great. Uh, you know, I, I'm trying to, but, you know, I, I feel like I kind of joined scouting very late and I was very uh, uninformed about all of the other... Uh, programs that are available to scouts like high adventure bases um oh wait i barely found out about the oa when i was a first class scout i thought i would know um about it beforehand actually no 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 i found out about the oa during my cub scout years did they do a crossover ceremony oh so um funny uh you know funny you say that it wasn't a crossover ceremony it was actually this sea scout 
who I met at a uh, at one of my local scout expos, right? I think it's held once every two years within my council. And uh, I met this one one guy, right? And uh, he's all uh, he he's all wearing this snazzy sash, and I'm like, hey, what's that? He's like, oh yeah, I'm in the order of the year. I'm like, okay, dude, speak English. I don't know what you mean by that. And um, he's all like, oh yeah, so it's the service organization. And the moment he said service organization, I'm like, I'm gonna be so bored if <laughs> if I ever join. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you lost me at service. Yeah, basically. Uh, but I still listened to him. I'm like, all right, thanks for the breakdown. And uh, I kind of walked away thinking, I'm never going to join this organization, right? Until my chapter advisor, who's, a, who's an ASM in my troop, said, you need to join the OA. We have a lot of fun stuff here. We have NOAC. We have Keyock, where we get to do zip lining and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh. So the OA is, actually, is not just, you know, service, uh, service, blood, sweat, and tears, right? And he's like, yeah, it's, you know, a lot of fun. And you... <laughs> um, and I'm like, all right, I'll do it. Blood, sweat, and tears. Oh, my goodness. Hey, you know, that, that's, that's kind of what I took from my conversation with that scout. Um, and Man, that guy was not a good salesman. I hope he does not do sales now. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I finally got in. Right, uh, and I sash and dashed, or flap and fleet, whatever you guys want to call it. Right? Who calls it flap and? Fleet? I heard that in the last podcast. I have never heard that terminology before. You know, to be perfectly honest with you, I have never heard it until um, Jordan had mentioned it. I'm like, oh, that's new. Oh, okay. Yeah that 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 one was a new one. I don't know if we'll catch on like sash dash because it's like one letter change you know uh but i also sashed and dashed for a year yeah so i sashed and dashed for about six to eight months because um from the time of my induction in november of 2018 to about may of 2019 i was suffering from an ongoing medical condition and okay yeah so and and get this um I was what doctors call idiosyncratic, so nothing in modern medicine could explain what I was experiencing, um, and that really scared me. You know, I I, I would hope it scares people, right? Um, uh huh. Uh huh. But it really scared me because I was having these really bad headaches. Um, I uh, you know, it was really bad. I went, I was in and out of the emergency room. Had to get all of these IV fluids. I had a lot of anxiety attacks because I legitimately thought I was going to die for a time. Oh no, for sure. Like it does not help, you know, being young and having like a doctor go, "Oh yeah, I I don't know what's going on," but and you're just like, "Oh what?" <laughs> yeah. Um, but and then one of probably the scariest moments, right, was after I had a lumbar puncture. So, you know, extracting spinal fluid from, um, from, well, your spine. And I remember that they had to basically numb the lower half of my body, which is a really weird experience because after that, I fell asleep, right? I was laying down and then I woke up. I'm like, oh my God, I can't feel my legs. And I thought, and I thought I was legitimately paralyzed. I'm like, did you, did you do the SpongeBob meme? My legs! I didn't do that. Um, Sorry. Uh, it, it felt like it was the right timing. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, but what was really funny about it was uh, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't feel the lower half of my body. 
did the doctor paralyze me? <laughs> that, that was just my initial reaction. And um, the nurse comes in, right? He sees me visibly panicked, and he's like, dude, what's wrong? And he's like, oh my god, did the doctor do something to me? Am I paralyzed? Am I going to be able to walk? He's like, dude, you're fine, okay? It's just, it's just a numbing shot. Similar to an epidural, okay? It numbs the lower half of your body for a good one to two hours. And I'm thinking, so how exactly am I going to walk out of here, right? Because I think I, at, the, at the time, I'm like, I'm about ready to be discharged. I'll be, I'll be fine, right? Um, and that's after they gave me, you know, Toradol, um, which is basically a cocktail of a bazillion pain medications that I cannot pronounce. Um, then they prescribed me with a few other pain medications, stuff like that. Uh, and it was just a really scary time. So that's when I sash and dashed and I kind of put scouting as a whole on a back burner. Mm -hmm. Um, and then finally I got in, I was in, I barely found out about the lodge level when I got back, right? Um, it was chapter elections, and I'm like, all right, I don't think I'm ready for chief. I'm going to go for a vice chief of communications, right? That's exactly what I did. Um, and uh, um, after I ran, you know, uh, my chapter chief had asked me to attend a few LECs with him, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'll go meet some new people. And... As soon as I uh, went to the LEC, I was instantly hooked on OA leadership just because of the fact that, you know, everything in the OA is kind of run by the youth. While you have advisors, uh, you know, adult advisors with you, it's ultimately your decision on, the, on how you shape the organization, right? Mm -hmm. So I was immediately hooked. Um, and then, you know, I, my, my chapter chief... Uh, I think he kind of dropped off the radar for a few months mm -hmm. that I don't know um, that, you know, I don't know why, uh, but I consistently filled in for him at LECs. And then I had made the statement at a, an induction saying, hey, I want to work on the section level, right? Um, originally, I said it as a joke, and that joke completely backfired on me because now I do work with the section as the ARC CVC. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> went from a joke to a real life thing huh uh, um, and i had said it to my lodge chief and he said joe so i heard you wanted to work with the section right i said yeah i think that was supposed to be a joke but yeah i do want to work with the section at some point he's like great because i think i have quite the position for you and i'm like all right you know i'm all ears he says okay well it's you know the fir the coc meeting is tomorrow this is at an induction so it's on sunday um, here's the address. Ask your parents if you can go. I'm like, well, sweet. I get to do this now. Um, so I call up my parents and I'm like, hey, mom, dad, can I go to this section meeting? And they said, dude, you're getting back from an induction and now you want to go to a section meeting? Like, what is up with your brain? Like, dude, you're going to be overfilling your plate and you're going to look like a zombie for the next week. And they were exactly right. I legitimately looked like a zombie for, for the rest of that week. Um, but I went to the COC, that's where I met Gavin, and, uh... Ah, Brother Cho. Yeah, um, I, I met Gavin, right? And I, I'd previously known Gavin was the section chief, but I never thought I would meet him very, uh, that quickly. Um, and, um, I was like, oh man, you know, I want to meet section leadership one day. That's exactly what happened the, the day I went to the COC. So... Um, and I think I was the first CVC to be announced within my section. Um, and we kind of discussed a bunch of uh, section and lodge politics, 
if, is that okay if I call it that politics? Ah, uh, yeah, pretty much. It's, it's kind of like the common trend is usually what it's called. Yeah, so we, we discussed about uh, di- discussed a bunch of lodge and section politics. I stayed maybe a good 20, 30 minutes showering Gavin and his section offices with questions. I feel really... Ah, just like, uh, just like when you were at summer camp, right? God, yeah. I think I was... In the, in the 20 minutes that I was... In the 20 extra minutes that I was at the COC, I think I showered Gavin and his section officers with more questions than I did my counselors in a week. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, Sean, who was the previous ARC CBC and my lodge chief at the time, kind of gave me this list of what, um, of what he did last year, right? Mm-hmm. And I look at it like, okay, okay. And then I, and in my head, I'm like, well, guess what? We're throwing all of this out the window and we're starting from scratch. Um, and uh, I, I used some of the activities. I modified them. And then we have a relay race in our section. It's called Flight of the Thunderbird. Okay. Uh-huh. And, um, and you know, it's, it's usually, it consists of usually five legs with one reserve for the Lodge Chiefs. So I'm thinking, all right, you know, that's great. Uh, I saw the previous one, and I'm thinking, let's see how we can make this bigger and better. So over the past six to eight months, that's exactly what I did. I planned out Flight of the Thunderbird. I did all of the activities and stuff like that. Um, and then I submitted the activities. And uh, the, uh, I, I'm, I can't really disclose a bunch of information about Flight of the Thunder, but the Lodge, but the lodge Chief leg is going to be relatively painful for the Lodge Chiefs. Okay. Does that mean that, like, uh, your special guests have to go through it also? Yes. 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 Um, I, at, and then we, when we had our section retreat, right, which I think was in February, Gavin was there because we had to do a special election since he couldn't continue as section chief because he was region chief. So at that special election, I kind of brought the idea of that extremely painful lodge chief leg, right? And uh, a lot of the Lodge Chiefs are like, yeah, let's do it, right? I said, okay, but, you know, it's going to be judged on a few criterias. And the, I listed out the criterias, and I think the... F- and then the room just went silent, right? They're like, uh, uh, uh okay, we're, we're, we're up for that. Like kind, of like, kind of like that, like, iffy feeling, right? Like, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to go through this now. Um, mm-hmm. And... Uh, and then um, I'm like, sweet, let's do it, right? Wrote it down, submitted all of my work. And then after I submitted my work, I sent an email to the section officer saying, hey, I have an instruction manual for, for, the, uh, you know, for the conclave guests if they want to participate. Their instructions are going to be somewhat different compared to you know, the, the general uh, section participants. So th- this is why I'm sending it to you. and. Um, at first, I had planned for the national officers, or for the guests, better said, not to participate in the fifth leg, the lodge chief leg, right? Oh. And then I thought, right, I'm like, you know what? We might as well have some good fun while we're out. Full send, baby, full send. Yeah, and I'm like, you know what? Let's have some fun with this. So I said, Nash- all right, national officers, guests, I'm sorry, most of our guests are national officers, um, but the, ge- the guests may participate uh, should they want to, right? And I think they're going to participate because I'll make sure they participate. Um, so that's kind of my story in, uh, 
<laughs> in the on the section level and then you know i have my goals i want to get i want to become my lodge my lodge's chief next year right <laughs> my lodge's chief <laughs> sorry that that didn't come out though. chief i want to become big chief in la um i want to become the lodge chief next year and then uh after that i want to become i'm still debating vice chief or secretary one of the two and then from there, section chief, and depending on where my college takes me, either to West Point or you know to a college in here in the West, um, uh, that's not that's you know not too far from my home section and stuff like that, uh, under a scholarship. So, um, you know, I think obviously, like you said, plans change. So I'm kind of just waiting for for stuff to happen to see where you know my life takes me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, stuff like that. Um, all right, so let's move on to the next question, right? Um, so when did you start becoming more involved in leadership within the OA? So you know that would be you know section level. Did you be were you on any of the region or national committees? So okay, when so when did I like? So you're asking like when did I get involved with like section region stuff? Yeah. So I my first experience was planning the twenty. 17 conclave where i got elected section chief but before that i was the training cvc oh okay so i got, I got to do some training cvc plan out like um at the current time we were doing Taekwon was university where you would do these different training courses kind of like intro to college level where you would do these different sessions based on like different modules maybe it was like a leadership one a ceremonies track um public speaking track a fun track you know different things like that. So I planned that out for a conclave. Then I became section chief uh, in September, went to the region gathering, got to like meet all these section chiefs the first time, kind of broaden my wide view, like my worldview, because you know, I got to meet people like from Montana and Wyoming named David James. Yeah. And I thought people didn't live in Montana and Wyoming because <laughs> I've never been there at the time. So I was like, ah, oh, where is Wyoming? Where is Utah and where is Colorado? Yeah. I have no clue at that current moment, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, you know, I did that. Then I went to NPM in December, uh, ran for national chief, national vice chief, and region chief. Uh huh. Obviously, I lost because I, my, uh, my title does not say 2018 on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, lost all that. Um, then I got to be a part of the engagement committee where I got to work on NOAC. So I was in charge of concierge services. So if anyone used the app during the 2018 NOAC and complained to the FAQ section, uh, uh-huh. me and one other person was running that. So okay. that was a nightmare because I kept hearing about small plates for all of NOAC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I got, to, I got to handle all that and send it to um, like the management team. Uh, I also ran the info booth, so I checked with all the info booths that were around with all like our experienced scouters at giving directions and everything like that. So that was really cool. Um, then I also got to work with the VIP area. Uh, uh-huh. so I got to meet like professional scouters, Mike Serbaugh, the president of the BSA, the national commissioner. I got to meet all these cool people. I got to go to the VIP seating for all of NOAC. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And they had like hors d'oeuvres during it but none of the vips ate it so i would just i'd just be munching bro i was eating like bougie cheese and like one time they had chick-fil-a oh yeah so i was, so I was munching on some chick-fil-a nuggets they had like these like wraps or whatever yeah 
slap. It was so good. Uh-huh. Had the best scene in the house for when, like, Manway Lopez got his DSA, which is really cool. Cause we, we became close friends during, like, my time as a section chief. And even, like, to this current day, we're still friends, you know. Got to hmm. see all these people get the DSA. Got to see all the, the theme show. Got to see the Red Jeep meme happen in first person. Uh-huh. I don't know why that took off a Red Jeep. That's a, Our life is a highway. Oh, yeah. Those are good memes that OA memes likes to hit on. <laughs> well, before he doesn't he doesn't post stale memes anymore i hope anymore <laughs> um so that's when i got active there i was that's when i got the and then before the before NOAC, i got the opportunity to staff on nls staff for the western region uh-huh. um, i got to go to two nls's out of three because of school and stuff right so i yeah. went to los angeles for the first time well i've been to la before but la for scouting got in and out during that time discovered i love in and out even though i'm jealous plus one here is three and a half hours there's a two-hour line uh-huh i know all those times because i did it because i was so bored during quarantine oh no uh-huh. um then i went to colorado experienced colorado snow but it wasn't really like it wasn't like a foot of snow like true colorado people would say you know uh-huh. like it was like a little dusting of snow right uh-huh. uh to experience that um didn't serve on any of the region committees at the time just because I was managing school, being a STEM major and a pre-med student. Uh-huh. You know, like I had to balance out somewhat of a non-scouting life while trying to plan conclaves and everything, being an LS trainer. Um, then after that, I ran another conclave back in or my own conclave at Camp Thunderbird. We had a taco truck there, so it was pretty lit. Mm-hmm. Um, got reelected, um, went back to gathering, you know, mm-hmm. met more people. Did not question about if people live in Wyoming, Montana, since I met David. <laughs> Went to the national planning meeting, became region chief. And mm-hmm. yeah, and then I was region chief for a whole year. That's pretty cool. All right. All right. Um, you know, funny you mentioned small plates at NOAC 2018 because... Uh, <laughs> Segway. Yeah. So uh, I, I've been bored throughout this quarantine. I think everyone has. So I decided to watch a bunch of the OABSA videos that are on YouTube. Okay. I came across the NOAC 2018 promo video, and I'm like, you know what? I want to see this. And then I remember um, I remember this one scene where Jordan is holding a plate and a fork. He's like, dude, like, what, what, what's up with these small plates of starving? And then Will, <laughs> and then Will Coops uh, comes up to him, taps him on the belly, and he's like, hey, man, it's environmentally friendly, and this boy's sustainability in action. <laughs> What's funny is my committee, I think, one of the subgroups wrote the orientation script. <laughs> yeah, so um, it, it was really funny. And then among all of the other things about the OA, uh, I rewatched Thrive. Ugh. Okay. Yeah, uh, I was able to take a lot more, um, lot more notes, so to speak, uh, but I was also pretty bored about Thrive. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, uh, not not to diss anyone that was doing Thrive, but um, <laughs> man, I I promise I won't take offense for Eric Harrison at all. Hey, it it wasn't him. It wasn't him. <laughs> uh, it, it was just uh, I I think it's the mere fact that you have to sit down for like four hours straight. <laughs> yeah, imagine filming for four hours straight. Oh, hoo, hoo, hoo. and everything was live. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, and the in the set, it was like. This is maybe like the behind the scenes stuff, but it's like where you guys saw the camera, right? Like right along the side was like 
chairs and that's where all the rest of us were sitting so like <laughs> we had to be like dead silent while they were like recording because yeah. like you know you don't want some conversation pulling up that's like sent out to like like thousands of people you know or to Jonah who wants to rewatch Thrive or yeah um but yeah uh... <laughs> all right all right um so now let's go ahead and move on to your next question what were your really big goals as region chief all right. What were my really big goals as region chief? One of the big goals that I wanted to work on was focusing on chapters, because you know a lot of my inspirations, the two individuals I mentioned that got the founders award before me, JP and Zach, were chapter chiefs, and I never was a chapter chief, right? So I was never a chief until oh. section chief. So like I never got to experience it in person, but seeing it at LECs for three years and like kind of hearing the you know commotion of chapters struggling and not being able to do elect like unit elections and everything like that. You know, I really viewed like chapters, you know, with the Thrive Initiative, we're really focusing on lodges, right? But a lot of the program in the Western region is at a chapter level. You know, we're, we're too spread out geographically. It doesn't make sense for a lodge to go like, for me, like the I-5 corridor, we span for like three hours north uh-huh. of my house. Right? So it's not reasonable to have like regular chapter meetings for the entire lodge. So it's split out into yeah. chapters, right? So I worked on the chapter startup kit that got uh, released with Gavin's term, um, you know, so I, that was one of my goals was focusing on how do we support chapter chiefs to make it a condensed 14 page document, I think is what it became to versus um, the fog field operations guide or, you know, section advisors booklet where it's like 250 pages documented, right? Like when you're like 12, 13 years old and just become chapter chief, you really don't read that because it's too long and dry. So I wanted to find a way that had like hyperlinks and different con- connections so kids were using resources and actually using them. Because a lot of times, you know, with the program, we make these resources, but they never get touched, right? So how do we make them more user-friendly and kind of approaching it from there? I also tried to work on how do we develop a connection between venturing Sea Scouts and the Order of the Arrow, since it was during that time where venturing Sea Scouts were coming into the program. And so how do we incorporate unit elections at that time? I was trying to strive for some sort of like unit election video where we had um venturers or sea scouts in it so now we have like you know there's more people involved versus just the venture right it's more inclusive unfortunately that project fell through just because of like time in school and everything Mm -hmm. like that um and then the last one honestly i think the last one that like i really focused on as a chief like it might sound cheesy but like i really focused on just meeting arrowmen and like having genuine connections like, yeah, I had a story to share. I don't know when you guys hear that story about, you know, like losing my parents and losing my grandma and going through all these hard times. And like, I just feel like it was like, I just wanted to talk to kids and like one-on-one conversations, obviously like with everyone around, right. And like following YP um, and just get to know them and like, you know, see what they're going through. And like, there's plenty of times where like, I remember kids telling me things that like I wouldn't expect a kid to te- like share with me, right? Like they had so much trust in me because they could relate that they share something like hard they're going through, right? And like yeah. that meant a lot to me was like, you know, kids trusting this idea of like this foreign body called a region chief, you know, is a real person and that I can confide in him maybe one thing I'm struggling with and we can talk about it and then we have a conversation 
you know, and just try to be an inspiration. Like Nathan Lee, who was 2015 region chief, um, Mm -hmm. Annie Lopez, 2017, even Jordan, right? Like all of those guys I really looked up to because they had this like quality where they made it feel like, even if it was like a, like two minute conversation, because, you know, it's a national officer event, you're going everywhere. Right. Um, you know, and so I got to like, they had this quality where they just made kids like feel valued and inspired because I wouldn't have tried to become a region chief and if I didn't get to meet Nathan Lee. You know? uh-huh. Like he's a huge inspiration to me being from my local area and everything being from Seattle, you know, like I looked up to him and I really wanted to like, you know, be like him, which was a struggle obviously during my region chief term. Cause you can't be Nathan Lee when you're not Nathan Lee. Right. So I had to figure out how to become my own leader. So that was a whole journey on its own. And uh-huh. so like, you know, meeting Arrowman and like oligomatting for my local lodge events. I got to oligomat in Alaska. Like that was oh. so cool. The sun didn't go down to 11, but I got to do being a ligamat. It was uh-huh. hard. It was cold, uh-huh. but I got to do it, you know, and it was like super cool. And I had a great time, got to do it um, at my local lodge, you know, like I wear like a separate uniform that doesn't have my gold loops on, you know, so like kids don't think I'm some big shot, right? And then I get to hear them like, complain about the ordeal and then like you hit them with the surprise or you change uniforms and you're given like the keynote and they're all just like what the heck is happening yeah and so like that was really fun to do uh um and i also got to give like an impactful nls like in 2015 there was this there was the seattle nls ran by nathan right so i got to be nathan for the second time and jordan was actually at my table uh we were a part of the same table our crew guy was Chris Zantac and I just remember like how impactful that staff was and developed and like having such a quality like program to it that I thought was really cool so I wanted to you know deliver quality NLSs develop a quality gathering um you know that like you know as a leader we always focus on like oh what are the goals of the region chief what is the goals of the national chief right sometimes life happens you know sometimes we don't hit on all our goals and I'll be fair I probably didn't say one that I mentioned when I was getting elected, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a bummer because, like, you know, some people would think that, you know, oh, he's not like being honest with us, right? Or he's only in it for these, like, this, that, or whatever reason. And honestly, like, life just happened, right? Like, I was a sophomore in college. I was taking biochemistry, I was taking organic chemistry and biology, you know, mm-hmm. all these different classes, trying to manage a travel schedule it was stressful and like I didn't ask for help when I needed to. Right. And that's something I had to learn was like, you can't do all this on your own. You got to ask people for help. You know, people are going to have different opinions on you throughout your term. You know, you just got to kind of, you know, look yourself in the mirror and be proud of what you did and what you accomplished. And so, you know, the goal of that chapter chief resource guide to me was the most valuable thing in terms of like a content or tangible thing. Right. Yeah, but the mm-hmm. thing I'm more like happy I put into was all those one-on-one conversations I have with Aaron. Like you know, there's like plenty of them that like I may I might not even remember, right? But to mm-hmm. me, each of those conversations meant something still. Because if like I was talking to 13, 14 year old me when I got to talk to Nathan Lee, or when I got to talk to Chris Zantac, who was my section chief, right? Like huh. that's how I felt valued in this organization and so Mm -hmm. to me the value really came from having these one-on-one conversations with other arrowmen seeing how their day is going why do they want to do this what inspires you like you know and then also ask them like 
you play Magic the Gathering? Do you like video games? You know, not just trying to talk scouting because, you know, I'm a real person. I have other interests, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, those are my goals and everything like that during my turn. Okay. Okay. All right. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead and move on to your next question. So as an individual, right, did you ever doubt yourself? you know, in terms of maybe I'm not fit for this role. And uh, why? 100%. uh, It actually happened in the first three months of me being region chief. Uh, I struggled with the idea of, am I ready to be a national officer? Am I ready to be like Nathan, be like Manny, be like Jordan? And, you know, like, it was really difficult, especially in those first three months. I had an NLS, you know? Yeah. We had an NLS happen in March, and I remember being so nervous. Uh-huh. Because, like, you know, like, you only have one shot, right, to, to, to give an NLS, like, program, you know, to give your first session, the closing session, the closing, like, speech, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, I was just so nervous to, like, present in front of people. And I've always, like, I've always been nervous when before I speak, you know? But I, re- I, I would start doubting myself like am i doing the right thing are we playing the right music are we having am i having the right conversations with people am i like you know interacting like correctly and you know it took just a conversation with like one of the adults there who told me like and telling you like do you not think you're fit to be region chief and i broke down like no like it was like at night on like friday night i broke down right yeah because i was like everything was building up to that moment of just like i don't feel like the region chief right mm-hmm. and it took so long to be comfortable within my own uniform wearing these gold loops wearing you know the poly wools with all this like pressure on me right and, and it, it, it like kind of cracked like i broke like i it broke right like i struggled with it at home there was nights where like i was frustrated and would like you know like yell at my roommate because of the stress i was going through in scouting or i'd get upset and like cry about it like in my bathroom like you know, all these different things just were happening, you know, as region chief that led to this doubt and not feeling, you know, like, like not valuing it myself, you know, like not, you know, taking other people's opinions over my own opinion of who I was and what I want to make the most of this term, right? And it was like, really difficult to sort out that doubt, you know, and like, is this productive? What am I, you know, like, what is my identity and everything? And like, I think the best piece of advice I got during that time was from Manny where he's like, you know, I'm telling you like the only person this term matters for is the person you look at in the mirror and 13 year old you. So it's all about how I view my term, right? Like is 13 year old Antonio, the one that was inspired by Chris Zantac at Conclave. Like Mm -hmm. he is he happy with how 2019 Western region chief Antonio is doing. And that was, that I would always ask myself that when I was at a conclave, when I was at NLSs, when I was at banquets, like I wanted to know, am I doing this right? And it, it was just a constant battle of, you know, doubting myself and doubting being in this position. It was like, it was really hard, you know, it was really hard to go through such a trying time of trying to figure out who I am, what am I doing this for? Um, and like, you know, and there's still doubt today about like, you know, was my term quality is the impact I give to these youth 
beneficial? Did I inspire anyone? You know, that's a question I ask myself often is like, did I even inspire like one person during my term? You know, because I always wanted to inspire one person, you know, and it's hard to, because you're never going to find out. You're not going to be like, maybe I'll meet these kids like at the 2022 NOAC, maybe, right? Yeah. It's a huge maybe. And so it's a lot of uncertainty and feeling like, was my term worth it, you know? Let alone hearing people, you know, while you're a leader, you're always going to have haters, right? Oh, definitely. (laughs) And so like, you know, sometimes the haters would speak louder than like the positives. And so like that would cloud, you know, the whole doubt feeling about like, you know, oh, your election was super close and, you know, it could have been a toss up at that point. So like, are like, do like, should you be the region chief, you know, are people doubting within the Western region if you're even like certified for it? And it was an ongoing battle, you know, of just trying to, in my own head, not with people to feel comfortable being the Western region chief, you know? Yeah. Like I, like I was self-pressuring myself with like wanting to be like these other people and not being myself, people discrediting like everything I was about. And it was, it was just hard, you know? And like, you know, a lot of crying, a lot, a lot of crying, a lot of crying about all that stuff because it was just uh, emotionally taxing. And so I had to go to therapy about it, honestly. And, um, you know, like talk to someone about all this hardship and all this stuff in the nicest way possible to say it. Uh, you know, like, you know, life was difficult. You know, I, I didn't cope with my grandma's death at that time. I didn't cope with uh, my relationship with my own mom before I became region chief. You know, there was a lot of lot of things <laughs> that weren't in place before I took on this massive challenge being the Western region chief, you know, and, and life is uncertain, right? Like I would never say like, Oh, don't run for region chief. You're not mentally stable. Cause like, why am I going to stop you from ha- having an opportunity? Right? Like it's all about self-discovery and scouting. Scouting is the safest place to make a mistake and grow oh. from, you know, mm-hmm. like we go out camping you cut your finger. We learn the first day so you don't cut your finger. So when you cut your finger, you're not bleeding out. You know, yeah. you don't infection in your finger and then you learn from it, right? So me learning from, you know, this identity crisis and going to therapy, you know, it taught me a lot of like how to be an adult and like mm. how to handle challenges where like, you know, it feels like the world's against you and the only person you got in your corner is yourself, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, in a sense, like, was a time that I doubted myself really recently in a, in a big stage environment was, you know, being the Western region chief and just being nervous about having conversations with Aram and oh, yeah. I, I couldn't figure out like who I was and how I wanted to do the term. Yeah. All right. All right. That's pretty interesting. Okay. So if you wouldn't mind me asking, do you attribute your success as an individual and in your personal life to kind of the setbacks or uh, hardships that you faced uh, in life? You know, that's actually a really hard question to answer. Some would say a pretty difficult life, right? But there's always someone who's had a harder life, right? Um, but I, like, I, what I credit myself with it the most is like, I've always learned that yeah. no matter how difficult life seems or how difficult it is to, you know, pick myself up after you know losing my grandma my mom goes back to prison or you know like all these different things right i i came out of it somehow better i got fourth of my class graduating you know i got a full ride scholarship to u-dub i became a western region chief in 2019 
you know, I got into my major of molecular and cellular developmental biology right now. Like, you definitely, the hardships have taught me yeah. how to keep moving forward, um, which is, I think, an, there's like a great video in the NLS about Martin Luther mm-hmm. King where he talks to this, um, this school about this idea of, you know, persevering and keep moving forward. You know, and that video really stuck with me or the Rocky clip that happens in the NLS where he talks about, life's going to beat you to your knees, but no matter how hard it hits you, it's all about how, like, how hard can you get back up, right? And so, like, I've always related so much with those and how my success has come off hardship, you know? But I got to say, like, hardship every two years is pretty annoying. Like, there's times where, like, I have to, you know, I, I lay in bed longer, you know, because I'm, like, a little depressed or I, I have an anxiety issue about life and the problems i'm going through you know or like i reminisce on like you know losing my dad and my grandma right Mm -hmm. like i'm not some strong person constantly because i was successful Mm -hmm. and i had these hardships like it's still like an ongoing battle of like you know each day is a new day how do i make the most of this day how do i like you know Mm -hmm. go through this you know and i've even started working on like how to improve myself right like during this quarantine thing like you know, I'm a bigger individual. Everyone could see that in my officer class photo. Uh, and I started just, you know, eating better and waking up earlier. And I felt like so much better. Right. And that's kind of like where I've gone is like, you know, I've had all this hardship. I never focused on how to improve myself and be healthy, you know? And so you know, I've been just focusing on that and it's been great. And yeah, yeah, I think a lot of my successes have come from, you know, getting back up because I could easily have just not done scouting, not done music and not done well in high school. Cause I could have just not pushed through and I could just, you know, be homeless or selling drugs or being on the streets. Like, you know, every other person in my neighborhood in my community at that time. Right. Like it was a really easy option to like leave and just not do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, that's kind of like why like I'm so appreciative of my mm-hmm. grandmother and all these amazing advisors I find scouting is that they they help me realize that like I can be successful and so like you know I'm I I did to be honest with you I didn't tell a lot of people in scouting about um the hardships I went through because you know like I don't want I hate the feeling when people feel bad for me. oh like boohoo like and like oh no we gotta like treat Antonio differently oh, yeah. because like he went through such a hard like time in life like no i don't want that i want you still to treat me and if i'm being a rude to you and i tell you my life story i don't want you to think i wasn't being rude to you right like that's like i that's just who i am as a person so like you know all these advisors mm-hmm. mentioning like when i was growing up I, like yeah. my mom and dad it was really awkward because i never told them like oh my mom and dad are in my life you know and so like sharing the stories of like who i am like really helped solidify relationships within like my lodge and just like with other advisors other advisors and everything but yeah mm-hmm. so like been through a lot of hard times in life but um i guess you could say i was successful <laughs> not successful until i get into medical school though okay yeah. okay yeah yeah that's yeah for sure for sure you know i i kind of um I think I could relate to that because most of the time, you know, when I uh, when I share something that's going on, um, I don't like people kind of feeling bad or saying, "Oh, dude," like stuff like that. I, I I'd rather kind of 
or even when I make mistakes, right? Like I, I make a major mistake um, on something and, you know, I, um, I don't like people saying it's going to be fine. No, I don't want reassurance. I kind of like to sulk, so to speak. I kind of like to sulk at myself and then kind of just go into a period of just self-reflection. And that period can last anywhere from two hours to maybe an entire two days. So, but mm-hmm. most of the time, whenever I make a mistake, whenever I, you know, I, I share an experience, I, I usually don't like when people just say, oh, I'm, I'm sorry for you. I'm like, don't feel sorry for me, man. You know, li- life is life. Life is going to. Life is going to do a lot of things to you. You can either take it as fun or you can take it as like some uh, like life is killing you all the time. And um, that's kind of my outlook on life, right? Like you're you only live once, right? So you might as well just full send everything that like Ah, uh, you mixed in YOLO and full send. My favorite phrases, dude. Like, oh, man. I'm, uh, yeah, dude. Like it's like sulking. Sulking's tough, though, you know, like like bottling in emotions and this idea of like i am man i do not express emotions like i hate that stuff dude like honestly like that whole concept of masculinity and they do this hyper masculine machismo who doesn't share emotions right it's like nah man like it's okay for you to be with the boys and you share your feelings about how like school's got you down or your stuff and family you know but yeah i feel you on the soul on the soul i've done that plenty of times and it's never gone well Oh yeah. Um um and yeah, you know, I I I really don't like the I I I also don't really like the idea of uh people saying, "Oh yeah, men can't uh, show emotion." I'm like, "Are you serious? You know, everyone shows emotion eventually in their life, right? You can be 60 or you can be 2, right? One of the two." Right? Um but you're you're eventually going to show emotion and whenever it comes, it comes. You can't really stop it, right? So mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Um, okay. So, do you have any hobbies outside of scouting? Uh, hobbies, man. Uh, as some people would say, I'm kind of a gamer. <laughs> uh, I just built a new gaming PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, for anyone who cares about PC specs, it's a Ryzen 3700X and a uh, 2070 Super. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, like, got into the pc gaming scene actually i love playing ps4 i've been playing a lot of uh persona 5 royale huh. jrpg um put in like at least 100 hours into the game mm. uh i love watching netflix i love watching anime <laughs> uh, i'm a big like one piece fan naruto uh i'm watching currently jojo bizarre adventure i finished um oh geez i finished a lot of anime because of quarantine <laughs> Uh, what did I just finish? Oh my goodness! Oh, I finished Hunter Hunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, caught up on Haikyuu, which is like a volleyball anime, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my goodness, I'm literally blanking on the anime. There's a really oh, Your Lie in April is on Netflix. Super sad anime. Mm-hmm. That one was really good. Um, yeah, I I took Japanese for four years in high school, uh-huh. so like mm-hmm. I I loved like Japanese culture and like the architecture and just how beautiful the country is, especially like during the springtime with cherry blossoms. They get snow there. The food's amazing with ramen, sushi, yakisoba, takoyaki. Like, man, I was so jealous that I didn't get to go to the 2017 Tokyo NLS 
or the 2018 uh, Conclave in Japan. Uh, no, I went to Maui in Hawaii. Don't get me wrong. Maui was pretty sick. But if I could have chose, I wanted to go to Japan. Like, real bad. Um, but, like, closeted weave. You know, I don't got any, like, weave merch besides my, like, six pop figures of One Piece. Uh-huh. I watch a lot of YouTube, a lot of gaming YouTube. Mm-hmm. Specific, so like Madden YouTuber videos, um, anime YouTube videos, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. stuff I'm watching on Netflix. Uh, and then like those like meme channels where it's like Call Me Carson or Swagger Souls or, you know, enjoying the new uh, beef between like H3H3 and... Uh, Team Star, you know, just just consuming YouTube. Yeah, I've uh, been started reading actually. A Brave New World. Uh-huh. Started reading that. Um, yeah, that's kind of my current hobbies. I like hiking, hmm. like camping. Um, I like going in airplanes. I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, because I I was in airplanes for like a bit <laughs> last year. Uh, I'm also big in music. Uh, I play piano uh-huh. in my time. Um, I play the same song over and over, which is the piano chord progression for um, "This Is Gospel" by Panic by Panic at the Disco. Uh-huh. Okay. Huge Fallout Boy fan, Post Malone fan, mm-hmm. um, or just like lo-fi music, mm-hmm. where like I have my subwoofer cranked up and like my foot's touching it. And I'm like, whoa, the vibrations. Uh-huh. Uh I was a band nerd for like seven years. Uh-huh. So I was like I played saxophone for like okay. seven years. I was in jazz band for seven years, played classical music, got to travel, got to do some solos, um, played tenor and alto saxophone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, did all of this somehow while also doing a lot of scouting. <laughs> so those are my like hobbies that are aren't the cheesy answer of oh scouting is my hobby because like Come on, man. I know you have a life outside of scouting. Yeah. Hopefully. You know, not discrediting anyone whose only life is scouting. It's just like, you got to like mix in the other things, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I feel like my reading life is relatively boring because um, I'm reading the uh, Princeton Review's How to Ace Any Test. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there it is. Yeah. So, um, for some reason, I'm not uh, really big on, like, uh, fictional books or nonfiction books. I like a lot of uh, how-to books or informational books, stuff like that. Hist- oh, like the guy like the guy who's all, who says knowledge. I got this Lamborghini because I have knowledge. <laughs> You've seen that video, right? I'm not. I have. I have. Uh, so, okay. Last two questions, right? You'd mentioned that you want to do pre-med uh, after college. What, what field do you exactly want to go into after that? Yeah, I want to go into uh, pediatric oncology, uh, kid cancer at Seattle Children's Hospital, um, serving as a, P- as a pediatric mm-hmm. oncologist, um, you know, working at Seattle Children's. And then one day, maybe I'm in charge of that floor that's of uh, Seattle Children's Hospital. Um, you know, this came from, you know, my interactions with Aaron, like, an arrowman during my time on MLT staff where he was going through cancer treatments but still active in scouting. So he was like a real inspiration to me. His name was Skylar. So that was really cool to like meet him and get to like, you know, hear someone's story about going through cancer and like, you know, still being active and having a normal life. Cause for me, like 
if I'm in the medical field, like I understand, like you want to save people's lives and you want to like, give them the right medicine, give them this like treatment. But a lot of times, like things happen, like life, like we can't, you know, save everyone, yeah. right? Which is the hard part. But for me, at least, I, I want to take medicine as a holistic approach, where we're looking at like how do we make your life comfortable from the beginning of our treatment to the end, whether that's you leave or you, you know, however you leave the hospital, yeah. right? Kind of where like I kind of see myself while still being active in scouting, being a scout master, being a lodge advisor one day, maybe even like a section mm-hmm. advisor would be really cool. Like having my own family, having my Audi R8, skirt, skirt, <laughs> you know, and like that'd be really fun. It's kind of what I want to do is like be a pediatric oncologist for those youth in that program. And if possible, right, maybe explore the option of like, how do we get scouting in a hospital? <laughs> Like what scouting principles can we take from here and apply them to a hospital? Yeah. I think would be okay. really cool. Okay. Yeah. So, um, personally, I want to go into the medical field. Um, Dope. Not exactly oncology. I kind of want to be an ER doctor, right? All right. High stakes. High stakes environment. Uh, one of the really big things that I would like to do, right, is, uh, like I mm-hmm. said, want to become an ER doctor. And that's kind of because of the fast pace and how you can, how you're forced to help people in the least amount of time, right? It, it, I like that. I like the combination between that fast pace and you're also helping people while you're at it. Um, not like an adrenaline junkie where you're at a fast pace, but you really do nothing for other people, right? Um, so I, I, I like the feeling of like adrenaline and also while also just mm-hmm. helping people. And stuff like that and um one of the uh really big things about an er doctor is um you get to see sometimes uh dare i say it some of the more ridiculous injury injuries right like mm-hmm. oh my god i put a nail gun in my eye right something like that that that's one of like the more um that's a really intense case there you know you could said nail gun through the foot <laughs> yeah um or uh, or I fell on a stick and it uh, and it went right through my leg, right? Something mm-hmm. like, um, it, not only does it, does it kind of give you like a new depth on medicine, a bigger depth on medicine, but it also just kind of opens your eyes. I'm like, wow, this could happen to me one day, right? Like I could fall off my bed and impale myself on something that I never thought I would be able to impale myself on, right? Stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um. So that's kind of the reason why I want to become an ER doctor. No, for sure. You basically like you get to like try and piece together these like crazy situations. Like each new patient's a different thing. So it's like really testing your flexibility of like understanding systems of the body and how do you respond to these different out like these different conditions that aren't going to be the same as like a specialist. You are more narrowing your field and like. Yeah. You're looking more at the like what are these systems and what specifically is happening and how is it different varying from like at a general level yeah um and then final question uh i think this the answer is going to obviously change as i interview more people but which region is best overall oh that's funny you say that well you know obviously the moniker of the fanny pack i wore for like all of my region chief term is west is best right you know we throw up the w we do the chant we might not have the numbers at NOAC, but I'm just saying, like, uh, West is best. You know, we got In-N-Out. We even got Whataburger. We got, like, whatever's in Wyoming and Colorado. We got 
Got Portland, which is kind of weird. Got some voodoo donuts there. Those kind of slap. Got Washington. You know, got some Super Bowl championships over here. We got the 49ers. We got the Warriors. We got mm-hmm. Seattle Seahawks. Like, I don't know, man. Like, West is pretty best in terms of, like, everything else. Like, West is best. Pretty pretty easy answer there. I think you kind of threw me, like, a, a lob pitch there. <laughs> Bang! Crush that one out of the park! That's going to be it for this week's episode of The Scout. Uh, as always, I would like to thank my guest Antonio Mitchell for taking the time to join me during this episode. Um, next, with everything going on in the world, the protests, the corona apocalypse, or COVID-19, uh, it can be really hard to remain positive. Uh, so I challenge you all to turn that negative energy that you might have and channel it into something positive. Um, now, if you would like to support the show, then go ahead and share the show. Share it with your scouting buddies, a fellow scouter, your scoutmaster, whomever it may be. Uh, but either way, I'm very grateful that you decided to tune in this week. It helps me, it helps the show. And most importantly, if you want more, be sure to tune in next time on The Scout. <laughs>